Welcome back to At The Buzzer. I'm your host, Dean McCollum, joined along with my co-hosts, Andrew Lubliner, Campbell Klein, and Tyler Fertel. This will be our third NFL update of the season, from weeks five through weeks eight. Let's get started. Who wants to talk about the number one team in football right now, the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers? So, yeah, I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers have been, they've gotten off to an unbelievable start. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger is playing such great football a year after he was basically out the whole season with a shoulder injury. And I mean, they surprisingly have a lot of weapons. Juju Smith-Schuster, James Conner, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson. I mean, it's a good offense. And they added Eric Ebron in the offseason, too. So that team's looking good. They beat the Ravens last week. A big win. Minka Fitzpatrick, Stefan Tewitt. I mean, they have a great defense. Devin Bush is out for the year, but and that's going to be a tough loss. But they did just trade for Avery Williamson, who should be able to make up some of what Devin Bush did. But, I mean, they're, they're looking great right now. And I wouldn't be surprised if they made a playoff run. Yeah, Andrew? Yeah, I think the loss of Devin Bush is uh, pretty huge for that team, but they just they just traded for uh, Avery Williamson, so that'll that'll help for sure. I think that um, the defense kind of carries uh, the team. To be honest, I mean, it's no like there's no question they have the best defense in the NFL between TJ Watt and Bud Dupree. It's probably the best one-two punch uh, defensive lineman um, in the NFL and their offense. I'm not saying their offense is bad. They obviously have a top 15 offense, but um, when you have such a good defense that can hold opposing teams, like when you can hold the Ravens to 24 points and uh, you're a good NFL football team, you should be able to score more than 24 points. So the defense really is the backbone of that team. And as you said, I think uh, Ben Roethlisberger, he's probably in the lead right now to win uh, comeback player of the year. He's been playing really well. And as you mentioned, Tyler, they've had some injuries at the wide receiver position, but all those guys combined um, have really been good for them. Yeah, you're going to be a really good team when you, like Andrew said, have the best defense in the NFL. You have TJ Watt, Minkah Fitzpatrick, all of those guys who just put so much pressure on all the other teams' offenses. And then you have a great experienced quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger, and you have a really good uh young receiving core, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster, and not to mention you have a great running back in James Conner. That, that's going to win you a bunch of games. And I'm looking at their schedule right now. They have the Cowboys, the Bengals, and the Jaguars are next three games. I wouldn't be surprised if they win 14 games this season. So it'll be really interesting uh, with the Steelers because they're going to be a great team. They're definitely making the playoffs. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what they can come out with in the playoffs. Uh, yeah, as all of you said, uh, their defense is playing great and their offense is doing enough to get by, more than enough to get by, actually. Obviously, it's going to make it a lot easier uh, on their team when their defense is playing super well, holding, as one of you said earlier, the Ravens to 24 points. It's just going to make it a lot easier on their team. And as Dean was saying, he wouldn't be surprised if they won 14 games. I think they're going to win 14 games, and they have a few other hard matchups. They have the Ravens in uh, Week 12. And then the Buffalo Bills in week 14. But those are really their only truly tough games left. As you said, he has the Cowboys, the Bengals, the Jaguars, and then he has the football team and then the Bengals again. So they, they could really win 14, 15. I don't think they'll win 16 games, but if they get two big wins, they're in position to do so. Now we're going to move on to the second best team record wise in the AFC, the Kansas City Chiefs defending champions. Uh, Campbell, do you want to start on the Chiefs? The Chiefs, as always, are looking really good this season. Uh, Patrick Mahomes last week threw four or five touchdowns. He was just slinging the ball left and right. It felt like no fantasy quarterback was playing well, except for 
Patrick Mahomes, who is just throwing it all which ways to all of his receivers. Obviously, they're looking great. Their offense is practically unstoppable. And in my opinion, they're probably the Super Bowl favorites at this point. I mean, how could they not be the Super Bowl favorites? I mean, they added Le'Veon Bell, one of the best pass-catching running backs in the NFL, in my perspective. So, I mean, him, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Tyreek Hill, Nicole Hardman. I mean, this team is unreal. Oh, and I forgot Travis Kelsey, too. So, I mean, this team, if their offense isn't – no one can match their offense. I mean, you have to put up crazy amounts of points to match them. Their defense isn't that great. I mean, they're definitely defenses that are better than them. And Chris Jones right now just was placed on the COVID-19 list. So, that is definitely not a good sign for them. But I feel like, like you said, Campbell, I feel like coming off of the Super Bowl, they're still looking as good as they were last year. Tyron Matthews still playing well. Their offense still probably the best in the league. I mean, you can't say they're not Super Bowl favorites. Yeah, uh, and talking about another team that could potentially win 14 games, the Kansas City Chiefs don't have many tough uh, opponents for the rest of the season. Their toughest opponents being at at Buccaneers and at Saints and the rest they definitely winnable games. So the Chiefs going to be great this season. We we can expect a deep uh, playoff run led by Patrick Mahomes. Andrew, do you want to say anything before we move on to the next team? Yeah, I mean, I picked them to win the Super Bowl for a reason. They're the most talented team, probably the most talented roster up and down um in the NFL. Tyler mentioned all their offensive skill weapons. No other team has the the perimeter guys that they have and Patrick Mahomes is playing at an MVP level. Um and yeah, the Chiefs, they're definitely Super Bowl favorites. Now we're going to be moving on to the 6-1 and one Seattle Seahawks. Um, I'll start with this one. Uh, obviously, they have the MVP candidate, the number one MVP candidate, Russell Wilson, and uh, the emergence of DK Metcalf this season. We knew he was great last season. He showed sparks of being great last season, but he has just turned into a whole other wide receiver this season. And then you have Tyler Lockett, him, him and DK, great duo, paired along with arguably the best quarterback in football right now, Russell Wilson. It's just an unstoppable trio right there. And then on top of that, you have Chris Carson, who's a great running back. The one thing that scares me about the Seahawks this season, though, is their defense. And the fact that they're 6-1 and one right now with one of the worst defenses in the NFL, they have no pass rush. And the fact that they're 6-1 and one right now without a defense is just totally crazy. That just shows how much Russell Wilson's doing. And I don't want to take all the information up. So, Tyler, you want to talk? Yeah, I'm going to talk about DK Metcalf really quickly. I understand that he's emerged as uh, one of the most talented wide receivers in the league, but in a second year, I don't think people on, I've seen this on social media, people have been calling him one of the best wide receivers in the league. In my perspective, you cannot say that yet. He's not proven himself to be as good as Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, like I don't think he's, he hasn't proven himself to be that good yet. And I think that, I mean, honestly, like, I see the comparisons to Calvin Johnson, but if you see videos like Calvin Johnson, Calvin Johnson was double teamed almost every play. And you don't see that with DK Metcalf yet. So I obviously think that if DK Metcalf can get better and continues to play this well, obviously he can be one of the best in the league. But right now I think that he's being a little overhyped. Uh, like kind of the same that I felt with Tyler Hero. He's good, but I don't think he's like at the level people are saying he's at. I'm going to have to agree with you there. Um, I've seen people talking about their top five wide receiver list having DK Metcalf, but like in my opinion, in NFL ranks, I think it like 
for a wide receiver to become a top five wide receiver, you have to do this for more than just a couple games. You have to do this for multiple seasons and you have guys that are way deserving of um, being higher ranked overall receivers uh, than DK Metcalf. Although he's a one in a generational talent as we're seeing. Yeah. Which I agree with you there, Tyler. One, also one thing um, I think it was Dean that mentioned their defense uh, Seattle I mean, they were kind of exposed against the Cardinals, um, giving up 37 points. And I think the reason why they're six and one with a defense that is no pass rush and pretty much uh, broken down secondary. I know they have a couple injuries and a couple guys that got COVID and their running back situation isn't good. But when you have Russell Wilson and those receivers, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, they're going to be able to put so many points up on the board. So that's what's saving their defense right now. However, I think that might come back to bite them in the playoffs when they play against one of the better defenses in the NFC. They're probably not going to be able to score uh, 30 plus points in every playoff game. So that's where I think their defense uh, might come to haunt them. But yeah, Russell Wilson, he's the front runner for MVP right now. He's playing like the best QB in football. Uh, yeah, I'll keep this short. One thing I found I find interesting is in uh, the Seahawks one loss this season against uh, the Arizona Cardinals. Russell Wilson played a pretty poor game. I think he threw three touchdowns to go along with three interceptions and they still lost on a field goal in overtime. So that was his one bad game of the season so far. They have let a few games get a little too close, uh, a little close for comfort. But what I find interesting about the rest of their schedule is they have some tough games, but they also have some super easy games. They, with being in the NFC West, they're going to have tough games against the Niners, the Rams, uh, the Rams again, and then they're also going to have the Buffalo Bills, but they're also going to have the Eagles, the Giants, and the Jets, and the Washington football team. So it's just going to be pretty interesting to see how the rest of their season plays out. Yeah, for sure. I mean, in a they're I think that they're they're in the best division in football. So I mean, they're not going to have very many easy games. But playing that NFC East, I mean, I guess you can say they can have some, but. I mean, right now, the Niners are the worst team in that division, and the Niners made the Super Bowl last year, so that's saying something. Uh, for me, a big thing with the Seahawks is they have to stay healthy. I mean, Chris Carson, Carlos Hyde are injured going into Week 9, which is being played tomorrow. Uh, we do not know the result of that game yet, but when this podcast will be released, we will. And I just think that, yeah, their main thing is they have to stay healthy. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and... Chris Carson have to stay healthy. They have to give um, Russell Wilson weapons. Greg Olson's playing pretty well. He, I think we can consider him back as not one of the best tight ends, but he's back as a reliable tight end in the NFL. And I mean, when Russell Wilson pl- plays well, there's no one that can stop him. He's an MVP candidate. He was exposed against the Cardinals and we saw that. And that's the reason why they lost. But if he can continue to play an MVP caliber, I think that they, have a good shot to make a Super Bowl run. And recently we're talking about like their their secondary is one of the worst in the NFL. They should get some help. They're getting more pressure on the QB. They signed Snacks Harrison and they traded for Carlos Dunlap. So that should help a little bit. And they should be getting Jamal Adams back soon. So yeah, but their quarter their cornerbacks really need to step up and make some stops. Shaquille Griffin and other players. So yeah. All right, now we move to the first team in the NFL that has two losses, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are red hot on a three-game win streak right now. So I'm going to start off with the Buccaneers. Um, uh, like I said, they won three games. Their three-game win streak started with a dominant win over uh, my favorite team, the Green Bay Packers, which was 
not a pretty game for the Packers. Um, adding Leonard Fournette and Antonio Brown is just helping them immensely right now. Antonio Brown, he's making his debut week nine. This podcast will be out by the time Antonio Brown's played his first game. But uh, Leonard Fournette has just been great for them. Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette, a great running back duo. And um, their defense is really stepping it up this year. Uh, there are a bunch of questions that uh, for the Buccaneers defense before the season started. Their offense is amazing, but how is their defense? And Devin White has just proved everyone wrong. He leads the team in tackles with a total of 68 to go along with five sacks. He's been amazing, and he was a monster, especially in that Green Bay game. I noticed he was getting every single tackle there was to get. So um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are – Tom Brady is finally clicking, and they're looking like a real title contender, unlike uh, at the beginning of the season where they had a few very bad losses. Yeah, I mean, I think um, we are really figuring out why Tom Brady left the Patriots because he didn't have any wide receivers to throw to. And now if you look at Tampa Bay, Bucks, Tampa Bay Buccaneers roster, they have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. They have good tight ends, Cameron Brink, Gronk, Scotty Miller, who's all of a sudden came out of nowhere. I think he was undrafted guy or late round draft pick, and he's been really good for them. And the defense, as Dean said, there's been questions. Devin Wise been really good. The rookie safety, uh, Anton Winfield Jr., he has surprised a lot of people, and he has been really good for them. And I think that when you give Tom Brady those good weapons on the outside, then it's easy for them to put up points. And I think it's just going to be about can their defense play well against the top teams. And we'll see um, when this podcast comes out. Sunday Night Football probably will have already happened, so we'll see how the Bucks do against the Saints. And yeah, I mean, this is this is I think the one offense that can compete with the Chiefs offense. I mean, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, now Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, OJ Howard, Tom Brady, and Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones in the backfield. I mean, this team is just really, really good. And I think for me at least, this defense is what sets it apart from others because yes, their offensive great, offense is great, but you're not going to be one of the best teams in the league if your defense is terrible. So I think, I mean, we're talking, we were talking about the Seahawks before their defense isn't terrible, but it isn't great. The Buccaneers defense is great. I mean, this defense has stepped up the Dominican Sue, Shaquille Barrett, Levante, David, like you said, Anton Winfield and their cornerbacks have stepped up to got some uh, interceptions and their pass rush is one of the best in the league too. So this defense has really shown that they are one of the best in the league and their offense is also one of the best in the league. So I see no reason why they can't also contend for a Super Bowl. I think that, like you said, there's a Chiefs-Buccaneers matchup later in the season. That's going to be a very, very good matchup because it might be an offensive shootout. Now we're going to move back to the AFC for the Buffalo Bills. They are 6-2 and two at the moment right now. Um, Andrew, you want to start off with the Bills? Sure. I think that um, Josh Allen surprised a lot of people. He originally emerged as one of the top uh, MVP candidates, but his past couple games have not been as good. I think that the Bills, um, because you know they play the Dolphins twice, the Jets twice, the Patriots who aren't good twice, they're going to have a good record. I think they're going to win the division, no doubt. But um, if you look at uh, well, one of their wins, uh, the Rams, they really tested them. The Rams, that's a good team, that's a potential playoff team, um, and they won on a very bad call. And then they lost to the Chiefs, who they might have to face again in the playoffs. And they got blown out by the uh, Tennessee Titans, who have many weaknesses, as we just seen. They just lost last week to the Cincinnati Bengals, who are not a good football team. So I think that there's definitely questions up in the air whether the Bills can beat uh, the elite teams in the AFC. But I, th- I still think they're going to win the division. I still think Josh Allen's going to be a really good QB for the future for them. And 
their defense. Um, I don't think their secondary is very good. I know they have a good pass rush, but I think their secondary is what's holding them back on defense, but they're still going to win the division and hopefully they can make some noise in the playoffs. Uh, yeah. I said a couple weeks ago that I think that the bills are one of the front runners for the Super Bowl. That was a big mistake. I don't think they are anymore. I mean, like I understand that they are a great team that they have their defense is pretty good, but Josh Allen hasn't thrown for a passing touchdown in the past two games. You're not going to win against elite teams when you haven't done that. So personally, I, I've Josh Allen in a couple of my fantasy leagues. And I think that he's definitely a top 10 quarterback in this league, but he needs to produce consistently if they want to be a Super Bowl contender in the years to come. I, I thought they were, I don't think they are anymore as I've seen more of the, uh, as they've played more games and I've seen them play more, I don't think they can compete with teams like the Chiefs, even the Buccaneers, Seahawks. I mean, I just don't think their offense can put up enough points. But if Stephon Diggs can catch a lot of passes and Josh Allen continues to throw the ball and can start throwing pass touchdowns again, he ran for one last week, but he hasn't thrown one in two games, like I said before. And Devin Singletary and Zach Moss can run out of the backfield. They can definitely make a playoff run, but if they're at their best. Yeah, Tyler, you're talking about them not being Super Bowl contenders, and you might be right. I think that the Buffalo Bills are definitely a good enough football team to win their division, but not yet there to make a deep playoff run like uh, other teams in the AFC, like the Chiefs, the Steelers. Both teams are capable of making those playoff runs, and they've got a very tough schedule ahead of them. They play uh, the Seahawks, the Cardinals, the Niners, the Steelers, and then uh, they play a few more divisional games. But um, I feel like that they're just not exceeding expectations at really any certain position on the field. So that's not really going to get you anywhere. And I just want to mention one thing. Uh, Like you said, Josh Allen has not thrown a touchdown pass in the past two games and they had to beat the sad New York jets by only kicking field goals. They kicked six field goals in a win over the jets. If you can't score at least one touchdown versus the jets, you're in for a lot of trouble in the future. So Josh Allen, who's been great for them this season definitely going to have to step it up in these next few games to cement themselves as the scary team in the AFC to face. Uh, Yeah, you guys pretty much covered it, but I'll just add on to what Dean was saying. The Buffalo Bills just aren't giving themselves easy wins against bad teams. In week one, they only beat the Jets by 10 points. And then as Dean said, uh, two weeks ago, they beat the Jets by eight points. They beat the Dolphins by three points. They're just not giving themselves easy wins and just not taking advantage of their somewhat easy first half of the season except for a few games in there and that's why we were talking about this before the podcast their point their uh, point differential is minus one and they're f- they're six into excuse me I almost said five and two so they're just really not uh taking advantage of some easy matchups and that could come back to bite them later in the season when they're a little more worn out than some of the other teams like the Chiefs and the Seahawks and other top tier teams All right, I think we covered the Bills pretty well. Now we're going to move on to the next team. We're going to go back to the NFC uh, to talk about my favorite team, the Green Bay Packers. Um, I know I started last time on this, but I'm going to start one more time for the Green Bay Packers. So the Packers, uh, they played Thursday night. We're recording this on Saturday, so a few days after the game, in a dominant win versus the 49ers practice squad. I mean, the Packers have been on and off these past four weeks. They're 2-2 and in the past four weeks, uh, losing to the Bucs losing to the Vikings and uh, beating the Texans and now the 49ers. Um, what really worries me about this Packers team is that their run they have no run defense and they can't stop the run. Dalvin Cook absolutely demolished the Packers. 
and he showed all the Packers' weaknesses on the defensive side of the ball. So if the Packers can't tighten up right there, a lot of teams who are run-oriented in the playoffs are definitely going to be able to just go right over them and pummel them. So uh, that's what I have to say about the Packers' defense. Their offense is also having a lot of trouble as well. Um, Alan Lazard, he's uh, uh, supposed to be activated off the IR next week versus the Jaguars, and uh, they have no run uh, no run game right now. Jamal Williams, A.J. Dillon, both placed on the COVID-19 reserve list, and Aaron Jones didn't have a really good game in his debut game coming back off that calf injury. So the Packers have a lot of work to do. Um, I do believe that they're still going to win their division by a few games, so we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, I mean, I think the Packers are going to win the division. Although the Bears have been a pleasant surprise, um, I still think the um, I still think the Packers win the division. I mean, the only thing that worries me about the Packers is, as Dean said, their run defense. Um, they lost to a Vikings team that was one and five, um, and pretty much one player just completely won the game for them, and that was Dalvin Cook, as you mentioned. Their other loss was just a beat down to the Buccaneers. Um, so my only, uh, question about the 49, about the, uh, Packers, excuse me, is can they beat the best teams when they play against the best offenses in the NFC and in the NFL, can they hang in? I think offensively they can, but I don't know if their defense can. So that will be something to watch for. I know that, uh, they play a few more tough teams. I know that the Packers have one of the more tougher schedules in the NFL. So we'll see how that shapes out, but I still think they're going to win the division and, you know, for Dean's sake, hopefully they make a deep playoff run. Something that I was very surprised about with the Packers is that that is that they did not make a move at the trade deadline. I was very surprised that they did not make a tr- trade for a wide receiver like Will Fuller and did not make a trade for a player on defense because they're like you said, Dean. Their run defense is not very good. So if they want to compete with what some of the best teams in the NFC, like the Buccaneers, who have a great pass offense, but also have a good run offense with Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones. So if you want to compete with teams like these, then you have to have a good run defense. And it was surprising to me that they did not make a move for a defensive tackle or another linebacker that could help them. And I know a bunch of ESPN analysts were also very surprised about this. And I mean, they need to figure something out on their defense because they gave up two bad touchdowns at the end of the game to the 49ers. I know it didn't mean anything, but still, if, that's a close game. You can't really let them drive down the field and let them do that. I understand that they, oh, they weren't trying to hurt us or anything. They still should not have let Nick Mullins and second string players for the 49ers drive down the field on them with a minute left in garbage time. So for me, I feel like, yes, the Packers are definitely one of the best teams in the NFC, but, and their offense is very good with Devontae Adams, who is arguably the best wide receiver in the league and Aaron Jones and Aaron Rodgers. And Robert Tanyan, who's emerged recently, I'm very surprised that they make a move for at least another second wide receiver or, and they have to figure out their run and pass defense because if they want to, if they want to win those games, they have to play well on defense. Oh yeah. You guys pretty much summed it up again. They had two pretty bad losses against the Buccaneers and the Vikings, as you said, in the Vikings, they didn't even lose to the Vikings. They lost to Dalvin cook. He just ran all over them. Um, but as you guys were saying, Aaron Rodgers is looking great right now. Devontae Adams in the past, th- actually, he didn't look great against the Vikings, but in those games against the 49ers and the Texans, he was going off. Uh, if they can keep that up, they're just going to need to, I think they're going to need to lock in on defense a little more, but they could make a deep playoff run. 
I just want to mention one thing before we move on to the next team. That loss of Blake Martinez in the offseason really hurt the Packers. They really could have used a middle linebacker like Blake Martinez, who for some reason went to the Giants. Now we're going to move on to the 5-2 and two New Orleans Saints, who are getting Michael Thomas back this Sunday. Tyler, you want to talk about this? Yeah, so Michael Thomas is coming back this weekend. I have him on my fantasy team, so I'm pretty hyped about that. But yeah, he's going to be a really important piece for the Saints to get back. Alvin Kamara's basically been controlling their offense, both pass and run. He's been running all over the teams that they've played, and they've had no really good pass offense other than him. So getting Michael Thomas back, one of the best wide receivers in the league too, is going to be very important for this team. Because of him, teams aren't going to be all over Alvin Kamara anymore because they're going to have to realize he's on the field too and he can make plays. Hopefully he doesn't just do five-yard slants anymore because the Saints don't just need that. They need other routes, but I feel like he's definitely a very important piece that they have coming back and he can definitely really help them. And their defense, I mean, they play the Buccaneers. You guys are going to know the results um, when this podcast is released. So hopefully they can hold the Buccaneers or they should hold Buccaneers to under hopefully maybe 40 points so they can have a chance at winning this game. Um, yeah, and this, is, this, this game is going to be really good because it's a really good Saints team, one of the most talented teams in the league against a really good Buccaneers team, uh, also one of the most talented teams in the league. And they're both getting back two, two superstar wide receivers in Michael Thomas and the Buccaneers are getting Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin back. So this is going to be a great game and we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, I'll just add on to what you were saying about uh, Michael Thomas coming back. I think that's going to be uh, pretty interesting because, as we all know, Alvin Kamara has been going off this year in the run and pass game, but some might say mainly the pass game with 556 yards uh, receiving, and that leads the Saints team. So it's going to be really interesting to see when uh, Michael Thomas comes back. They're going to have to focus on two really uh, explosive players, whether it's Michael Thomas running his classic five-yard slant over the middle or Alvin Kamara catching it out of the backfield. So I think uh, the focus on Michael Thomas is even going to free up Alvin Kamara even more. And if not, Michael Thomas is going to be wide open in the middle of the field. So uh, yeah, their, their team could really change a lot in the next few weeks getting Michael Thomas back. Yeah, I don't need to say too much. You guys kind of mentioned it. He's the best wide He's probably a top three wide receiver in the NFL. He's one of the best players um in the league and he's going to create he already creates matchup problems when it's just him out on the field but especially with Kamara uh being such a threat in the past game having to guard both those guys that's that's definitely tough and the Saints also Emmanuel Sanders was supposed to fill some of that role and now he's injured for I'm not sure how long but I know he's out uh for at least their game against the Buccaneers coming up um in week nine so Michael Thomas definitely will provide a lot of relief uh for them now we will move on to the last team we will fully discuss, and that is going to be the 5-2 and two Baltimore Ravens. Okay, Andrew, would you like to start on the Baltimore Ravens? Yes, I would. This is one of the reasons why when we've, when we've done predictions, and, and it's whether it's been Super Bowl predictions, whether it's been uh, best team in the, in the NFL predictions, whether it's been winning big games predictions, I, I never picked the Ravens. And the reason is, is because they don't play well under pressure, particularly Lamar Jackson. He is Owen. I saw a stat. He is Owen six in the six most meaningful games he has played in. One of them, a, one of them being a playoff game um, to the Los Angeles Chargers, a nine and seven Los Angeles Chargers team from two years ago. Three losses coming uh, at the hands of Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. 
and one of them to an undefeated Steelers team this year where he turned the ball over twice, which he seems to never do when he plays anyone else. But when he plays against good teams, it seems that he can't come up clutch. And I'm not trying to take anything away from Lamar Jackson or the Ravens because they're still a very good football team and they can still make a deep run in the playoff. But they, he has to learn how to play better in big games. And as a team, they just need to be able to put more points up on the board when they're playing against one of the better defenses. I know the Steelers have the best defense, but it happens in all the big games. Like when they played the Chiefs earlier this season, their other loss. The Chiefs, they don't have a top five defense in the NFL yet. The they were the Ravens couldn't do anything offensively against the Chiefs. So definitely something that the Ravens need to work on. And uh we'll see how it plays out in the playoffs. Uh yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the rematch between the Ravens and the Steelers should be interesting. That's in a few weeks, but something I want to highlight is uh, maybe uh, some locker room issues within the uh, Ravens organization. Marquise Brown the other day, I'm not sure if it was a tweet or in an interview, but he said uh, something about what's the point of having soldiers on your team if you're not going to use them. So uh, maybe uh, Marquise Brown and the other wide receivers in that uh, Ravens locker room are a little upset with how often they're getting the ball or the types of plays coaches are calling. So it should be interesting to see what happens uh, this weekend against the Colts. Yeah, Lamar Jackson's got to establish his passing game if they want to make a Super Bowl run because in the last two years, he no one's been able to stop him with his legs, but he hasn't done that much damage with his arm. And for me, at least, he needs to use his weapons. Mark Andrews, Marquise Brown, he's two good running backs, technically three, Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram. Um, so he has three good options in the backfield, and then he also has Willie Sneed as another wide receiver who's a tall wide receiver that can catch over other people. So I think that he definitely has to utilize his weapons more with his arm, and when he doesn't have an option open, just use his legs. And like Andrew just mentioned in the chat, uh, they also get Des Bryant um, coming off of the practice squad next week, so that's another option he'll have to throw to think that yeah he's a lot of options their defense is really good they can definitely hold good teams to a decent amount of points they held the Steelers to 28 but they weren't able to get it done in the fourth quarter so for me at least Lamar Jackson has to establish his passing game and their defense needs to continue to play well and hold good teams to decent decent points if they want to win good games so now that we're done with the main segment of the podcast, we're going to move on to the traditional shot clock segment. And unfortunately, Campbell had to leave a few minutes ago, so you can't do the shot clock with us. But there's been a lot of controversy about this topic we're about to bring up for the shot clock. So that's why we're doing it. Today's shot clock question is, who is the best wide receiver in the NFL when healthy? We did the running back position a few weeks ago. So now we're going to do the wide receiver. There's been a lot of controversy. So Tyler. Uh, you're going to start us off right here. All right, Tyler, you're going to start us off. You have 24 seconds to tell us who's the best wide receiver in the NFL when healthy. Ready, set, go. Okay, so for me, I'm going to go with Julio Jones. He's an absolute beast. His physique is unmatched, and I just feel like he hasn't been completely healthy this year. But when he's healthy, there was no one in the game that is better than him. I mean, just Matt Ryan just continuously throws the ball to him, and he can depend on him every single play. I feel like there's no one that is as good as him and that can catch harder passes than him. All right, Julio Jones, definitely a top wide receiver in the NFL, and he's definitely going down as an all-time great. Andrew, now you're going to tell us who the, who the best wide receiver in the NFL is, in your opinion, starting now. 
in my opinion, the best wide receiver in the NFL is DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, the numbers don't lie. Currently, he is leading the league in receptions. He is leading the league in receiving yards. And he is only second to Devonta Adams in yards per game with a little over 100 receiving yards per game. He's just an all-around beast. And him and Kyler Murray, they have a special connection. And I can't wait to keep watching them uh, in the next years to come because DeAndre Hopkins, he's a special talent and he can just do it all. Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins also going down as a legend in the wide receiver category. Okay, Dean, now I will time you. 24 seconds on the clock, starting now. So I'm going to make it a little interesting and go with my boy, Devontae Adams, as the best wide receiver in the NFL when healthy. And for a few reasons. I think, in my opinion, he is the best route runner in the NFL. When Aaron Rodgers has him on a route, he just totally demolishes the defender, and he's able to catch them off guard, and he is so fast. He leads the NFL right now in yards uh, per reception, and he is just an all-around beast. He's so fast, and no one can catch him on the offensive side of the ball. He's also leading the league in touchdowns right now, so that is an impressive feat from Devontae Adams, but I think we can all make cases for our players, Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, and Devontae Adams. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of At The Buzzer. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and the platform you're listening on today. Our Instagram and Twitter is AT Buzzer Podcast. Go follow us there, and we'll see you next week. This has been Dean McCollum, Tyler Fertel, Andrew Lubliner, and Campbell Klein, and we'll see you next time.